0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: Good morning and welcome back to Real Presence Live, and thanks for being here this morning.
2: But before we head into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. Uh... There you can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of our daily shows, submit a prayer intention, nominate your favorite priest for donuts, and more. Be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. And as I mentioned earlier, there's more information about the 54-day novena on there as well. And we're, uh, our next segment is Father John Broussard, who is the rector of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion Wisconsin and he'll be coming on shortly uh, until that time though I think uh, Doreen wanted you kind of talk about the the shrine what little you know you you saw of it while you were there
1: <laughs> <laughs> well like Jack said before the break it was a whirlwind um, pilgrimage we had one particular special intention to pray for um, because there, There was a healing, Eucharistic healing um, mass and prayer service on the Saturday that we were at the shrine.
2: Right. There was a special reason for you to right. go on that particular day. Right. Okay. <laughs> and where where is Champion, Wisconsin?
1: Champion, Wisconsin is near Green Bay. It's actually just on the other side of the bay. Um, and it's a very... Like almost like a village, Champion. The shrine is outside of Champion, but Champion is the nearest little town near the shrine.
2: Okay, so Packer fans can kind of do a double pilgrimage. Then they can go to Green Bay, and then they can, they can go to they can go to Champion as well.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yes. Well, I
2: imagine it was a a, a a nice a nice ride across uh, Wisconsin.
1: Beautiful. Okay. The really, it was um, you know just before the turn turning of the color of the leaves, I think it would be a, a great pilgrimage to do in the fall to see the beauty of, of the fall colors.
2: Right. And, and, and uh, La Crosse is
1: on the way, isn't it? Kind of. Mm, well, it, maybe it could be, but you know, I don't have a sense of direction at all, <laughs> except I know it was east of here and we did not go through lacrosse. Oh, you did not <laughs> no. go through La Crosse, <laughs> no. But I
2: think it's something that you could do. And so you could hit the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe while, while you're on the way
1: perhaps. You could, well, of course you could that's <laughs> yes. how just, you designed your pilgrimage. Okay, you just yeah. don't
2: have Dreen as your navigator.
1: Never. <laughs> or go in the opposite direction that I might suggest. Yeah, it's
2: <laughs> always fun when we come out of a store or something when, when we're in the parking lot. I always let Dreen go ahead just to see what direction's going to take off and just to see if it'll be the right way.
1: And I always remind him I was born breech. I couldn't even find my way out of the womb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, well, we're 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 still working on it, right, Therese? We're we're getting Father John to to get online here so he can uh, tell us more about the the Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. We've expended our entire knowledge right there, so uh, we'll be getting him on shortly, and uh, we can talk about, uh, we'll have him talking about, uh, you know, the the significance of the Shrine, and uh, uh, my understanding is it's the... Uh, location of the only approved apparition in the United States. Of Our Lady. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And,
1: and her message was to catechize the children.
2: Okay. Father John, I understand you're with us. I'm here. Oh, wonderful. Now, Father, let me. I'm going to introduce you once again. You're the rector of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. And That's uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, honoring our heavenly mother. And uh, thanks for being on the air with us. And uh, but before we get launch into the shrine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Sure. Uh, I was uh, born actually in Houston, Texas. I grew up on a ranch out in Houston, Texas, and felt the the call to the, the priesthood very early on in life. And. Uh, Began that discernment specifically with a religious community. I, I felt called to live the life of a religious, and I found the Fathers of Mercy, who are stationed in South Central Kentucky, and uh, they have a very powerful devotion to Our Lady, which uh, was certainly attracted me, drew me in closer. And uh, I, after some discernment time with them, uh, I took final vows. And uh, got ordained a priest in 2014. And in 2015, I was assigned up here as the chaplain for, to uh, Our Lady of Good Help, and then a year later was made the rector.
1: Could you tell us a little bit more about their apostolate, uh, that that religious order?
3: Absolutely, yes. So uh, we as Fathers of Mercy, our, our primary apostolate is preaching parish missions and retreats. We travel the, the country, and in some cases the world, uh, preaching week-long missions, which are... Usually involving some type of a catechetical issue or a Eucharistic boost, you know, to, to help promote Eucharistic adoration in a parish, something like that. Marian devotion, uh, where we'll we'll go in and and provide conferences and adoration, and then a very big part of our apostolate is hearing confessions. One of the neat things about uh, this assignment here at the shrine is that it's kind of like a stationary mission in the sense that instead of our priests going out uh, to the parishes to preach and to hear confessions. People come to us, and we do pretty much the same work.
2: So, uh, did your family in Houston think that you drew the short straw when you got your assignment into the Upper Midwest? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, I, can, I will say they certainly didn't. Uh, they didn't. They didn't understand it at first. You know, uh, especially with. Uh, Texas heat uh, and Wisconsin cold, it was it was uh, quite the change. But uh, they, my parents have actually been out here once uh, already to visit me, and uh, they couldn't deny the beauty of the shrine, so that, they did love it.
2: I'm sure. I suppose uh, you've swung your allegiance over to Packers by now.
3: Uh, it's hard not to, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we call Lambeau Field uh, Wisconsin's second shrine. So right.
1: <laughs> yes. I love
2: that well, second shrine. We were promoting it as a pilgrimage site before you came on the air. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, go ahead, Dreen.
1: Oh, I was just going to ask, is is this religious order, was it founded in the United States? And um, who is your founder
3: Yes, excellent question. Actually, uh, we were founded in France in 1808. Our founder is Father Jean Baptiste Rosan. Um, he, uh, we have not opened his cause for canonization yet, but we would like to do so um, when we exhumed his body. We believe him to be incorrupt, so uh, we we want to have that uh, investigation done, but uh, we haven't we haven't actually begun that process yet. But anyway, he he started the Fathers of Mercy uh... as a community to help re-evangelize france france, france after the french revolution and uh, the same apostolate of traveling and stopping in and parishes and preaching parish missions and giving retreats and and helping to revitalize the faith well after uh, after the turn of the twentieth century we had moved most of our community over to the united states Um and Eventually, we uh, we died out in France, and now we are primarily a United States-based community.
1: What a perfect intercessor for our times in the United States, um, with what we're facing as far as um, the you know the beginnings of some concrete religious persecution in our country. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, Father, why
2: don't you talk a little bit about? Uh, your devotion to and your your love for our lady, and how she you know uh, how she influences and and helps you in your vocation to the priesthood.
3: Absolutely. Yes. so Mary has um, has walked with me the the whole journey of my discernment um, and it's it's been very much a uh, a learning experience for me, and uh, that that devotion has has grown and deepened deepened over the years. Um, I can remember as as little as, as four years old uh, writing writing down my own personal prayers to Mary that I would share with my mom uh, later you know later in the in the day and just just always having that relationship with her. It's interesting. Whenever I got into high school and then into college, um, I really started struggling with this question of why can't I go straight to Jesus. You know, why do I have to go to Mary? Why, you know, if, if if Christ is going to be the one who answers my prayers anyway, why do I have to, you know, go through Mary to get there, right? And it, it, it was just a question I didn't have an answer for. You know, I, I still had a certain love for Our Lady, but I didn't have an answer for the question. And I remember very distinctly one, one day in prayer, um... Where I had I was making some major decisions, some main, major discernment decisions about my vocation and uh, about where I was going to go and what I wanted to do. And I remember thinking, you know, putting all of these prayers before God, and this this thought. And, and I know this isn't the same for everybody, but this is just kind of how it happened to me. You know, this thought came where I realized, uh, how do I know that this prayer or what I'm asking? Or is pleasing to god you know how how do i know that this is what is ultimately going to be god's will for me maybe i'm asking for something that's actually completely contrary to what god wants me to do and, and i just don't know it and i began wrestling with this and and started to almost despair a little bit about uh, the efficacy of prayer and then what i believe was from our lady herself i i felt this calling i i I, I've had this thought of, give it to Mary. Uh, give it over to her. She can present it to God. She can present it to our Lord and to her son in a way that is perfect and in a way that will be absolutely uh, the prayer that I need to make. And
2: I say that again?
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that... yeah, yeah. I think
2: you've, you've done a really, yeah. you've done a perfect job of validating the last hour that we've spent on uh, on air here talking about the rosary and the need for prayer for the United States and the 54 day novena that we're just beginning. The yeah. rosary novena, that is.
3: Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: Yes. And that, um, right, makes me think of that, you know, that um, truth that. Jesus came to us through Mary, and Mary brings us to him. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. okay we're we're, co- we're coming up on a break right here,
2: so I, uh, excuse me for interrupting, but I want to remind our listeners that uh, you are tuned in to t- today's segment of Real Presence Live. And we're with Father John Broussard, the rector of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. And we'll ta- be talking specifically about the shrine after the break. And your hosts are Jack Cannelli and his beautiful wife, Doreen.
0: <laughs> Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. And we hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu.
4: I remember even during that time, and and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially uh, his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland, and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth, and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am you know so I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II of course I never said this to any of my (laughs) brethren friends you know you wouldn't dare no of course not but I, I I I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture and interestingly enough even though they they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday, and so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the Scriptures, and so I'm really thankful to them for that.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live! Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
2: Welcome back as we continue our discussion with Father John Broussard, the rector of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. And, uh, Father, why don't you tell us a little bit about the shrine?
3: Absolutely. So the the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help is actually... Um, pretty old. It, it The apparition of Our Lady to a young Belgian peasant girl uh, happened in 1859. So Our Lady appeared to a young girl named Adele Bryce. And uh, she, Adele, uh, had moved over here from Belgium with her family to start a life um, in this, as Our Lady put it, this wild country. And uh, she was... Very, very devout, uh, didn't know her faith uh, particularly well, but was nonetheless still very, very devout and, and very devoted to her faith. And Our Lady appeared to her and called on her to teach the children in this country, as she said, uh, what they need to know for salvation. And very beautifully, Our Lady told Adele, she said, teach them how to sign themselves with the sign of the cross and how to approach the sacraments. Now, I love the simplicity of the message that she gave to Adele, you know, how to sign themselves with the sign of the cross, which we do every day and kind uh, can oftentimes take for granted, but just the power and the meaning of that symbol. And then also how to approach our sacraments, what our sacraments mean and how we should uh, view them.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we... Okay. Oh.
2: Okay, I guess we, we, we just lost Father momentarily, and uh, uh, Therese and Claire are working feverishly there to, to get him back, and we're talking about the shrine of our, uh, our Lady of Good Help in Champion, Wisconsin. It's interesting hearing the history because it reminds me a lot of uh, the history of the Sisters of Mary of Presentation, which is the order out of Valley City in which offer, uh, operates the company I work for, SMP Health System, where they were, you know, after the French Revolution, the orders started, and then in the early 1900s there was an uh, upheaval or a, a upsurge in anti-clericalism in France, and the religious orders were basically moved out, and uh, a lot of them came to the United States, and uh, that seems to be the the, the history of the uh, the order that the father is in, and it's, it's just kind of interesting the parallels that I was seeing, and uh, and hopefully is uh, Oh, we have him back, Father. You're back. I'm back.
1: I was talking to our blessed Mother, Father. Get him back here.
2: And I was ta- and I was trying to talk to our listeners.
1: Yes. Well, welcome back.
2: Thank you. Yes. Uh, what was the last
3: thing you heard?
1: Uh, the last thing we heard um, was a, the message to catechize the children and the beauty, beautiful simplicity, which we, you said we take for granted of the sign of the cross.
3: Exactly, exactly. And, and I also love the, uh, the message to Adele about how to approach the sacraments, you know, mm-hmm. that this idea that we approach the sacraments with great reverence and gratitude with this understanding of what it is we are about to receive. Um, so that's what Adele did, and uh, she began uh, gathering children around her. Eventually she founded a small little boarding school here uh, on the Shrine Grounds, where the children would come to her, and she began teaching the children. After Adele passed, um, some sisters were brought in by the diocese to staff the shrine, and for for the better part of 90 years, these Franciscan sisters um, taught children on these grounds. Uh, Back in the early, early 90s, the school was eventually um, disbanded, and it became more just a site of devotion and prayer. But it's always been uh, a place for healing. Many, many physical healings have taken place here, and most especially the spiritual healings, where people come and experience the power of confession and the, the just the presence of Our Lady uh, when they arrive. It, the number one thing that people say when they come here is that they feel the peace of, of Our Lady when they come.
1: Oh, and I can—I'm so happy. I can attest to that. Having just been there, there is a just a beautiful peace. Um, at the shrine. Father, how old was Adele when Our Lady appeared to her? She was about 24. Oh, she was. So she wasn't just a young child. She was a young woman. Correct.
2: Okay. Now, in the lead-up, I I mentioned that uh, the shrine is the only approved apparition of Our Blessed Mother in the United States. Am I correct on that?
3: That is correct. As of right now, um, in the United States of America, this is the only... Approved, approved, church approved, um,
2: Marian apparition, and and why? Why is it we consider Mary to be our heavenly mother?
3: Uh, so it's actually interesting um, when Adele, the visionary, asked Mary who she was, because uh, she she actually was instructed by her priest to ask the question, in God's name, who are you, and what do you what do you want of me? Mary responded, I am the Queen of Heaven. I am the Queen of Heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. Uh, Mary has always been uh, this powerful intercessor uh, with the King, with uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord Himself gave her to us You know, uh, at, at, on His cross uh, when He gave Mary over to St. John the Evangelist when He said, Woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. That she is now the 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 one who sits at the right side of the king and has that influence and that mediation with him. So, uh, if anyone is on the fence about uh, devotion to Our Lady, I encourage them to just ask a question, just ask Mary for that motherly help, and she won't fail to to provide.
1: Could you say a little bit more, Father, about? Um who a queen is in relation to a king?
3: Sure. Uh, So particularly in uh, the Old Testament and and Jewish tradition, uh, the queen was the one who uh, would have had, particularly the queen mother, would have been the one who would have had the most influence over the king and the, the opportunity to speak with him most directly. And Mary has that Influence with her son uh, when we make our
2: prayers.
1: Because she's the Queen Mother. Absolutely. Oh.
2: Yes, the real power behind the throne. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not so much in that case, but a real influence, let's say, behind the throne. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And go ahead. Oh,
1: I was just going to um, just continue with that. So um, we hear about inviting Mary into our hearts as a devotional practice. Father, could you talk a little bit more about how we do that and and what that means to invite her into our hearts and our, and our lives?
3: Right. Uh, it's, um, you know, a lot of the people here um, who come to the shrine, they're not coming with any expectation. They're not coming with any, um, you know, with really any preconceived ideas of what they're going to get out of it. All they do is they come and they present their life to Mary. They present their life to uh, Our Lady as as they are. And they almost always, in all cases, get a response of peace that Mary is going to bring them to where they need to be. So in terms of inviting Mary into your heart, inviting Mary into your home and into your life, uh, I think the approach is always the same. We don't go at it with any, with any expectations or preconceived ideas about it, you know, what Mary's going to do for me or anything like that. We just give her ourselves. We ask her uh, to do whatever she can uh, for us before her son, and she will not fail us. Uh, our faithfulness and our devotion will not be left, uh, be left abandoned. And she's proven that over and over again for uh, certainly the pilgrims here at the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help.
2: Well, Father, I would I would imagine in your five years, uh, you know, you you talk about people going there without really any expectations. But on the other hand, I would suspect that there have been some uh, dramatic uh, events happening there as far as. Uh, uh, Prayers coming, uh, you know, being dramatically answered. Do you have any stories like that you can re- tell, tell us about?
3: Sure, yes. So we've, we, we do experience physical healings here. Uh, there have been uh, instances of actually rather dramatic healings. There was uh, one case where a young boy was praying down in the oratory, down in our, our, our downstairs uh, prayer oratory where Our Lady appeared. And he had been suffering from leukemia for many, many years. Uh, and after praying down in the oratory, and uh, he had, um, of his own, he was of his own volition, he had kind of gotten up, walked over to the image of Our Lady, and you know, prayed before it himself. And when he went to his next doctor's appointment, he was completely free of all trace of leukemia.
1: Wow.
2: That is indeed dramatic.
1: Yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. wow. Um,
3: we've had cases of people who had had lost uh, vision in their eyes and had that restored. We've had cases of people who had lost the ability to taste and, and that restored. And then we have down in our oratory uh, many, many crutches and canes that people had, have left behind as mementos of, okay. of their healings that they have received. Yeah.
2: We're we're coming up on our break here, Father, but before that, uh, do you have any final thoughts or reflections, or is there a place where people can go online, perhaps, to get more information about the shrine?
3: Yes, so if they want to visit uh, championshrine.org, they can uh, get the information about the shrine, and if they'd like to plan a pilgrimage, they can uh, find out how to do so there. Uh, if anybody would is interested in, in coming out, I would encourage them to, to take the plunge and to do so, uh, it's, it's very beautiful out here.
2: I'm sure it is, and we're coming up into the, a beautiful time of the years. So have the year have the leaves started changing up there yet?
3: They just just started. You know, yeah, uh, it's actually kind of an early fall for us out here, but uh, uh, it is quite beautiful during the months of September and October.
2: Okay, well, I hope you enjoy your fall. I'd, for our listeners out there, we've been talking with Father John Broussard, the rector of the National Shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. In Champion, Wisconsin, I would encourage all of you to uh, take a look at their website learn a little more more about it and think about going up there, especially during this beautiful time of the year. Father, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you, Father. Enjoy the beauty of the this time of year. Thank
2: you. Okay, coming up, how has he enjoyed his time in the fold of Our Lady of Guadalupe's arms? Stay tuned as we visit with the Rector at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin, next on Real Presence Live.
0: Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.